overdue. There is no such thing as overdue. You got four percent chance every single year, and we just got out and dodged bullets all over the place again. But not with the cold. We got hammered with the cold, and it's cold again. This is very unusual. It was very unusual to have a cold snap the length that we had. Well, I'm, I wiggled about that for I don't know how long. It was probably two weeks. It was, it was a two-week cold snap, and well into the 30s, a couple of nights into the 20s, and yeah. we just don't see that. I'm on the southern end of Florida here. But Chris, you had to put a bunny, put bunny ears on and... And everything to keep warm. I wore I wore layers. <laughs> you don't wear layers in Florida, even in the winter time. You put on jeans or something like that. But my gosh, and layers! I had jackets and everything on. Was, uh, and every day you say, well, you know, tomorrow you'll be fine. It only lasts for one day, and it just never went away. Well, that's the end of my. <laughs> Chamber of Commerce speech for, <laughs> for Southwest Florida. <laughs> well, the, whole, the, whole, the, the vast majority of the country has really been hit with a, uh, an amazing amount of snow this year. Oh, it, it's been a brutal winter for so many areas. So many areas. Well, hopefully the snow will melt soon. People can uh, get out of their houses and head to Seattle in June for the uh, Radio Enthusiast Street to Sound Convention. Have some fun. A lot of fun. Uh, sneak a little, sneak a little plug in there. You bet. <laughs> I'm just so excited. I can't wait. Well, I'm oh, glad. I can't wait. I'm glad. We're still looking for ideas, Brian. So keep, to keep thinking. I like that War and Peace idea. Well, well, you like War and Peace. I don't know if Patricia has enough fingers and hands and legs to type up War and Peace in a script form. So. <laughs> well, anybody can. Walton, but not that. <laughs> You have to give me until three years from June to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, uh, I, I heard about Frank Percy, and uh, how, how's Frank doing? Frank is doing better. Um, uh, they moved him to rehab uh, Thursday. That's good. That's really good. Um, working physical therapy on three times a day. And the funny story, which I think is a great story, Bobby, his wife, made a mistake. The speech therapist came to the room. And she told the speech therapist, you know, Frank can broadcast it. The speech therapist said, Really? I'm going to work him twice as hard to get him back on the air. <laughs> and Frank gave Bobby the dirtiest look of all time. So he's going to be put to work. So that's a good sign. I think it's a great sign that he was ticked off about it. Yep. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. If he were not feeling well, he just wouldn't have cared. That's right. That's great. That's right. So I, I think we have all hopes, and uh, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, nothing like this ever does. And we'll just see what happens. But I'm I'm happy. I mean, considering what we were last weekend uh-huh. yeah. and where we are this weekend, I agree. I'm happy. I, agree. I remember I remember when I was a kid, uh, the actress Patricia Neal had a, a major stroke. Uh-huh. And she she had to go through the therapy, and she um, you know she had to learn how to speak again, and 
And then she went on to do more acting, and she, she's still around and kicking. Well, on Monday, we had the wonderful pleasure, Brian, to have Art Linkletter on the show. Oh, I missed Art Linkletter! You oh, missed Art Linkletter? No! Art is going to be 98 in July, oh. and he had a stroke in a year and a half, and I can't tell. No, I think uh, I think he has it completely together. There were a couple of words that I would have associated with someone younger than he, but, you know, word, words that were a little bit fragile. The rest of him was just as robust. You would not mistake his voice and his words. He has... Um, not a regional accent, but there are a couple of words that he pronounces very specifically, Art Linkletter. They were there. Everything was there. It was just a joy to listen to him. And his recall was right on the money? A thousand percent. And then, Brian, he said, <laughs> he was talking about good health and, and taking care of yourself, and he started listing out things that he said he does 50 a day. Now, I, I have a a workout area, and I do weights, I do 50 times, I do push-ups 50 times, I'm thinking, I can't walk 50 stairs without having a problem, and he does this every single day. And he swims, too. Yes, that's right. Amazing, man. Just amazing. Such a joy to listen to him. So, there's somebody who had a stroke a year and a half ago. Who I'm so pleased how he is today. Yes. Yes. And Art Linklater is also an example of the people who are coming on during the live show during the week. Walden has arranged an extraordinary number of interviews with people who are just as joyful to listen to as Art Linklater. So it's Monday through Thursday. 10.30 Eastern Time until midnight Eastern Time, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's actually, it's probably, I think, the coolest thing that is on internet radio right now. I mean, the, the, the shows you've got going during the week are just fantastic. I get up at 7 o'clock every night, so I can get home at 7.30. So uh, you, have, you have perfect timing uh, for putting these shows on so I can catch them. I appreciate that. We do it just for you, Brian. But no, no, what wonderful, wonderful guests. And I'm kicking myself I didn't get to hear our link letter, but um, I'll definitely be listening in this week and every week, Monday through Thursday, 7.30 p.m. or 10.30 Eastern, to uh, probably the, the, the most fun on Internet radio you can have. Agreed. Keep me out of doghouse. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, more, more than that, you're, put, you're putting on some wonderful, wonderful radio on really what is the, um, the radio of the 20, 2010-21st for century, yeah. which is the Internet. Um, the, this, is, this is radio now, and it's, it's global, so um, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're putting on, on great, great stuff for folks to listen to, because there's, there's, um, there's a lot of stuff out there that's you know, not really worth listening to. No. It's, it's great to have this wonderful oasis of coolness uh, coming out of uh, coming out of my computer. Can you imagine we, when all three of us were growing up the kids, who ever thought that any of us would have a computer? Oh, yeah. That any of us would be using the computer besides typing up a report. It's, it, it's amazing how many functionality 
the computer has in our life today. It is central in our lives. When I was a kid, the computers, they would be, you know, they take up a room, and they'd have a lot of flashing lights, and they'd... That's right, big wheels and reels that went all over the place, and Unifac and Carmack or something. <laughs> no, that, that has now been miniaturized into the form of like an iTouch or an iPod or a, a netbook. Uh, it's, it's just phenomenal. And, um, and as far as, you know, the hobby of old-time radio... Oh, 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 boy, it has made life beautiful. I, I think it's the greatest boom to the hobby. Without a doubt. It's Without a doubt. It, it has introduced so many new people to the hobby because it is on the net. And, and the ability to take these old transcription discs, mm -hmm. which in many cases are very fragile, yeah. uh, to be able to take the audio off of those discs, digitize them, make them freely available uh, in a high-quality format, um, oh, I tell you, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm enjoying the, the gravy train of old-time radio shows uh, becoming available. Because, you know, if you, you, we all know it, it, it wasn't like this all the time. No. <laughs> that is absolutely true. It, 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 it used to be not only difficult to get a hold of, you know, a lot of shows. It was impossible to get a hold of a lot of shows. And now just going to somewhere like, uh, you know... Uh, archive.org uh, and uh, just looking at all the amazing high quality shows that you mm -hmm. just go there click on a link and you know within minutes you're uh, you're enjoying a, a great show absolutely well I think it's getting time for us to play a show yeah 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 yeah, I was like, I, I'm, I'm sorry I called in because I was getting oh! to the paper you, show you're going to you, put on you, you made our, you, you, you were the whipped cream Cause we was looking we for even knew Farfel's name. My God! Yeah, we <laughs> you were the whipped cream. We wanted we wanted somebody to help be with us. Oh, cool! And well, you were it. I'm glad. Me too. Me too. There's uh, there's nothing more fun than being on Walton's show. I'll tell you that right oh now. Oh my gosh! What an endorsement. He is a fun character. I agree. Indeed. Yeah. Well, guys, the show we want to play. It's called Stubby McGee and Molly. Yay! Yay. Hooray! <laughs> From April 18, 1944, and Patricia, can you go over what the show's going to be about? I'll start real quickie. Um, it is called The Fire Across the Street. Fibber decides that his neighbor, who lives across the street, is actually a German spy. <coughs> Excuse me, which of course is consistent with the wartime theme. 1944 is still in the heart of the World War, World War II, and it's the um, it, the entire show deals with Fibber's suspicions and how he follows through on his suspicions that his neighbor is a spy, and it dovetails with what was going on in the public when. Uh, Expressions and actually propaganda, but expressions and posters were put up all over the place. Things like loose lips might sink ships. Say that 14 times mm. <laughs> real fast. But it was the timber of the time that people who spoke out of turn, military people who wrote home, were not permitted to put certain things in writing. They weren't allowed to give their locations, nothing like that. Everything was hush-hush. You had to be quiet because the person listening to you 
might not be a friend. And that's pretty much what the show deals with. Hibbert decides his neighbor is a spy, and he goes after it. Kind of a, a lighthearted look at the paranoia of the time. You know, it really is. They, the, the show had a staggering ability, and of course this was the writers and the performers too, had a staggering ability to have fun with subjects that were so serious and never lose the character of the seriousness of the message. They combined the two, and it was just a remarkable combination of a wedding between those two things. And, and bring bring a comedy and, and laughter to uh, a country that, uh, boy, it really, really needed it at that time. Yes, exactly. So that's our story for tonight. Yay! And last week, everybody, Patricia will join me at the top of the show next Saturday with, with uh, our author who wrote a brand new Fibber McGee Molly book. So tune in early. You'll hear Patricia. What's the, uh, what's the name of the book? The name of the book is How Fibber and Molly, I'm sorry, How Fibber McGee and Molly won World War II, which is why we're into World War II themes this week. We're kind of preparing for the show next week. Is it kind of like a like a, a bio, no, not so much like a kind of a synopsis of each show from that era, or uh, exactly? He has uh, in the beginning. Uh, there's a, a great packet of information with details about each of the characters. There is information from a personal standpoint as well as a national standpoint. What the the character of of the war was, what it was doing to people how people were responding to it. So it really is a walk through history. And then the guts of the book is synopsis with commentary on each of the wartime shows. Wow, that's great. Really cool. It is a great book. So I'm really interested and, and eager to talk with him. It's Dr. Mickey Smith. And uh, he did a great job on this book. It's just an easy read. It's a fun read. And... I think people need to go to BearManorMedia.com and take a look at it. That's uh, 1030 uh, Eastern Standard Time next Saturday? Correct. Fantastic. Or, or you Seattle lights, 730. Yeah. We get it all three hours earlier than the West. I know. We, we, we get a good deal. <laughs> That's right. They don't get there three hours until three hours after we do. I know. <laughs> I know. Right, your day winds up a lot later than mine. <laughs> Almost four o'clock. I know. You've been good, Patricia. I've been very good. My eyes are wide open, and I'm still bushy-tailed. Oh my gosh. And we're about to go to Yeah. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much, pal. Send me an email uh, with your address, and I'll give it to Patricia. I will indeed, Patricia, and once again, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Walden, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, I couldn't think of a, a better way to spend Saturday night than with you and Patricia, River, and Molly. That's right. Great. It's so good talking with you, Brian. Thank you. You too. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Brian. Okay, thanks. Thanks, pal. Bye. Good night, Gracie. Ah, there's Brian. And now, here we go. April 18th. 1944. Good night, everybody. The Johnson Wax Program, tonight starting its 10th year with Fibber McGee and Molly.
of Johnson's Wax for Home and Industry presents Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. are moving into the limelight again, and already I hear my friends and neighbors planning how many rows of carrots and beans and how many tomato plants they should set out to make 1944 even a better garden year than 1943. And while I think about it, I'd like to tell you how you can make your gardening work easier this year. It's by taking better care of your tools, your rake, hoe, and spade. You've undoubtedly noticed how much more fun it is to use tools that are clean and well cared for. Then try this. Clean them thoroughly. Get off the dirt and rust and then wax them, both the metal parts and the wooden handles, with genuine Johnson's Wax. You'll find them easier to use, easier to keep clean. Always clean them off before you put them away, and at the end of the season, give them another good Johnson's Waxing. They'll last longer, will be protected against corrosion. Yes, the same Johnson's paste or liquid wax that you use to protect and beautify your floors, furniture, and woodwork will prove to be a good protector of your Victory Garden tools. Special meaning, so hear what it's all about. 
It's the Friday Night Show with your hosts, Frank Brizzy and Walden Hughes. Walden and Frank. And good evening, everybody. It is Friday night, February the 19th, year 2010. I'm Walden And we'll give Ray Bream a call in a few minutes and have him reminisce about Dale Charlotte and talk a little bit about radio. Uh, first of all, uh, here are some of the updates. Um, Frank Brzee is scheduled to come home in two weeks from today. That would be Friday, the March 5th. So far, um, he's doing rehab three times a day. Last time I talked to Bobby, up to five people were working with Frank. And it pretty much everything is baby steps. So, the goal is to help them to swallow, and that way they can take the feeding tube out of them. And then, uh, they'll work on his walking, and of course speech, and, uh, we're gonna be all little baby steps. We have had, uh, two passings this week, um, that had a tie to Old Time Radio. First of all, uh, Jim Harmon who's been a frequent guest on this station, and also used to host a show, passed away Monday evening. Jim wrote many books on old-time radio, wrote a lot of books on science fiction, um, authority on Tom Mix, big fan of Curly Bradley, produced radio series like I Love a Mystery, etc. Passed away Monday evening. Wednesday, um, Catherine Grayson, who was a guest with Frank Brzee and I, had passed away. Catherine was not 88, and if everything goes well, I'll run the, the interview that Frank and I did with her um, maybe next Friday, a week from tonight. So, that's some of the news relating to the hobby. Let's say a prayer first, and then I'll give you some more rundown for the week. Dear Lord, thank you for the station. Bless Bill and Kim if they keep it going. Look after Frank Brzee and Bobby Brzee at this time. Be with the family of Catherine Grayson, Jim Harmon, and those who are listeners who might be going through some very difficult times. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Tomorrow, uh, Patricia and I will have a live guest, top of the show, Professor Mickey Smith who wrote a book on how did Fibber McGee and Molly win World War II. Later that night, we'll feature Martin Graham's monthly appearance, talking about his new book, The Shadow. Then uh, Sunday, um, Jim Rosen interview will be played. Jim wrote a new book on the TV series Invader. Joanne Worley will now be live Monday night with Bill and Mike. 
Kathy Garver Tuesday night. Wednesday, Richard Sherman, the gentleman who wrote with his brother many, many great songs for Disney, will be with Bill and Mike. And Thursday, Adrian Bardell. So those are some of the guests lined up. Uh, let's see, March 1st, that Monday, Marie McGovern. Um, Thursday, Alan and Marilyn Bergman will be with Bill and Mike. That's Thursday, the March the 4th. Monday, March 15th, Frank Svante, the gentleman who does the one-man show on Gratchel March. Okay, let's fire up uh, a little music, and we'll get ready to call Ray Bring. So, here's a little bit from uh, Doris Day, if you get me time to get ready. So, here we go. will be furnished to the port of assignment. Get out on the water, men, for the land's sake. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. everybody and I know my buddy Martin Graham is probably trying to stay warm. Good morning or actually to you. Good afternoon Martin Graham. Well, thanks Walton. Well how was your uh, how was the weather I mean you would tell me off there that it's a little cold a little cold the time of the year. Yeah, the Canadians like to share. It's, it's starting off with a cold front, and it's going to be a long winter. We knew that as far back as November when you can't fool the animals. When they're migrating weeks earlier and the leaves are dropping off the trees three or four weeks earlier, we knew it was going to be a long winter. Wow. So, and we've, of course, got you went through a blizzard back in December. That was like two and a half or two, or two to two and a half feet, depending on where you live. So that was kind of green man. And now at the end of the shadow, everybody, we're going to go back to the automation system. Twenty two thirty two in the morning, if Brian Hager said that. But, but that's okay. And thank you for joining me tonight. Hope you all enjoyed that. And we had a great time. So, there we go. So may the good Lord Jesus Christ bless you, and this is Yesterday USA. Love you all. It's time to call it a day They've burst your pretty balloon And taken the moon away It's time to wind up The masquerade Just make your mind up The piper must be played The party's over The 
The Jack Benny Program. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. First of all, let your own taste and throat be the judge. For smoothness and mildness, there's never a rough puff in a Lucky Strike. For smoothness and mildness, there's never a rough puff in a Lucky Strike. Yes, let your own taste and throat be the judge. For smoothness and mildness, there's never a rough puff in a Lucky Strike. And that's because LSMFT... L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Fine, light, naturally mild tobacco that gives you smoothness and mildness. And no wonder, for years, Lucky Strike has maintained America's largest and most complete cigarette research laboratory. Prior to the auction, the buyers for Lucky Strike send sample leaves from all tobacco-growing areas to this great laboratory for scientific analysis to help determine which tobaccos are really fine. And this is only one phase of the constant research that helps make possible Lucky Strike's unconditional guarantee. Check the cigarette you're now smoking. Among all leading brands, only the makers of Lucky Strike put an unconditional guarantee on the pack. So smoke a Lucky. Let your own taste and throat be the judge. For smoothness and mildness, there's never a rough puff in a Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. 
Make your next carton Lucky Strike. The Lucky Strike program, starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. gentlemen, for the past two weeks, Jack Benny and his troop have been in New York. So now let's pick them up on the Super Chief en route to Los Angeles. Mary and Jack are playing a game of gin rum. Hmm, you sure are lucky, Mary. I play better gin than you do, and yet you always win. Well, it's your own fault, Jack. You don't concentrate on the cards. I do, too. Now, let's see. I know you have three nines, three queens, and the six, seven, and eight of hearts. So I know you can't use this card. Here. Here's the deuce of spades. Gin. <laughs> Gin, let me see your hand. There you are. Three eights, four kings, and three deuces. Wait a minute. Where are those two nines you picked up? That was yesterday. <laughs> oh. well, go ahead and deal the cards again. See, I never played in such bad luck in all my life. Hey, Jackson, you got a corkscrew? Here you are, Phil. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> See, I hope I have better luck with this hand than I... Pick up your card. Okay. I hope I... Hmm. Hmm. Jack, pick up your last card. Oops. Oh, boy. What a hand this is. Mary, I'm warning you. Any card you throw, I can use. Go ahead, throw one. It's your turn first. Oh, yes. Here. Gin. <laughs> Jack! Jack, it wasn't my fault. Stop pulling my hair. Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. I didn't mean to get so excited. Now, that's enough gin rummy for me. What do I owe you? Five dollars and twenty. Let your own taste and throat be the judge. For smoothness and mildness. There's never a rough puff in a Lucky Strike, and that's because... L-S-M-F-T, L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Fine, light, naturally mild tobacco. Listen to what Mr. J. Coy Smith, an independent tobacco warehouseman from Greenville, North Carolina, recently said. I'm in my 37th year as a warehouseman, and down through the years, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine tobacco. Light, ripe tobacco that makes mild, smooth smoking. I've smoked Luckies for 31 years. Millions of smokers, including the famous dancing star of stage and screen, Ray Bolger, take a tip from the experts and smoke Lucky Strike. Just recently, Mr. Bolger said, Cigarettes like dancing must be smooth to be really enjoyable. Naturally, I go for Lucky's fine tobacco. And for your own real deep-down smoking enjoyment, light up a Lucky. Let your own taste and throat be the judge. For smoothness and mildness, there's never a rough puff in a lucky strike. Get a carton today. Well, Rochester, here we are at home. The house looks good, doesn't it? Sure does, boss. I'm going upstairs, take a shower, a shave, and get cleaned up. Okay, boss. And while you're doing that, I'll unpack your bags. No, no, Rochester, don't touch those bags. Why not? As soon as I get cleaned up, i got to rush back to the railroad station. For what? I gotta catch a train. I'm going back to Washington for the White House Photographer's Ball. But boss, that don't make sense. If you're going right back to Washington, why'd you come all the way home from New York? I told you to take a shower. There's a water shortage there. <laughs> Have a cab here in 15 minutes. Good night, Claudette. <laughs> 
Everybody, hope you're all enjoying what we just played, the Jeff Mini Show. And I was on the phone at the beginning of the show, so that's why I didn't introduce. But I hope you're all doing well. We'll have Dr. Mike here in about 30 minutes. Let's say a prayer first, and then we'll get into an interview. Dear Lord, thank you for the wonderful radio station. Bless all the listeners and supporters. Help those who might be going through difficult times in their life. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Here is a brand new interview that I did with author Jim Rosen on his new book called The Invaders. Here we go. Hi everybody, I'm Warren Hughes and on the other line, a gentleman we had on the past who has a brand new book out. Hello, Jim Rosen. How are you doing? I'm very good. How are you? Good. You've got a brand new book out and what is the actual official title of the book? Uh, the Invaders, a Quinn Martin TV series. And if people want to buy, where should they go? Well, it's, on, it's, uh, it's found online at Amazon.com. And then it's also on my website, which is uh, ClassicTVSeriesBooks.com. And I'm looking at your website. You got, other, you got your other titles up there, too. People were, were talking and maybe want to go over it. Where, where are some of the other books you've done, Jim? Road 66, Naked City, Wagon Train. Adventures in Paradise, and Quincy M.E. Quincy came out last October from right. Bear Media. And then, uh, any ideas you're going to have any more books come out later this year, Jim, or we'll get... Well, then I'm working on Peyton Place now. Okay. Series, that'll be out in, uh, in the spring. Okay. Late spring, probably. Right. How, how come did you shoot The Invaders as a topic? Well, I watched the TV series. Thank you. 
It's the Friday Night Show with your hosts, Frank Brizzy and Walden Hughes. I'm Wong Hughes. It is Friday night, February the 26th, year 2010. Hope you're all doing well. And here is the current update on our good friend Franklin Brzee. He is scheduled to come home a week from today. That is Friday, the March 5th. So currently, they are having three times a day physical therapy up to these five people working on them they need to get the uh, swallowing part taken care of with Frank first after that they'll go ahead and remove the uh, feeding tube from the stomach area 
and then we'll work on his uh, walking and things like that. So I say everything's his baby steps at the moment. Um, you know, when you have two strokes, it takes a while. And so we'll put Frank in our prayer. And let's do that first. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity for us all coming to you. We ask that you put your healing and loving arms around Frank and Bobby Brzee at this time. Help the listeners who enjoy Frank. Help the listeners who have been also facing maybe some difficulties in their own life. Maybe financial, emotional, spiritually, whatever it can be, Lord. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, we got a busy schedule tonight. We got brand new interviews on Tuesday. I got the wonderful chance to interview the legendary movie star Anne Rutherford. So you'll be hearing that coming up the bat. And of course, we're seeing the movie Gone with the Wind. She was Polly in the Andy Hardy movies. Uh, she was Blondie on radio. She was also in the Eddie Bracken radio show. Very fond of radio. So that will be our first presentation. After that, Michael Haig has a brand new book on Superman. Put out by BearManorMedia.com. And we'll talk about Superman, both radio and TV. Last week, we lost Catherine Grayson on February the 17th. Catherine was 88, and she was a guest over at Frank Brzee's studio. So, Frank and I had an opportunity to interview her. And so, we're going to feature that archive interview with, with Catherine Grayson to salute that. This Sunday interview, my uh, good friend... Louise Harrison, who was a star of the Date with Judy, Marjorie on radio, is celebrating her 82nd birthday. And we'll feature a brand new interview, which we did with her this week, that night, to celebrate her birthday. Monday, Marie McGovern, we're going to be with Bill Bragg and Mike Handy. Tuesday, Senior Gogi Grant will be with Bill and Mike. Wednesday, famous... Songwriter, great, great storyteller. And Thursday is Alan and Marilyn Bergman, songwriting team. So those are some of the features to hear this coming week. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Here is Ann Rutherford, everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm Walden Hughes, and on the other line is a lady who had a wonderful career in movie and in radio and so many other places. Good morning in Rutherford. Well, bless your heart. Good morning to you. I started on radio. That's what I want to talk about. How did you get... Right. And it was a... I couldn't have chosen a better era in which to have lived. Who were your good friends when you were growing up in the business? In the well, sure. Who, who were? 
Who would tell me you're good fans? Yeah. You know? It, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Wow. And I, I think, well, people used to have, many radio stations became television stations. Yeah. And uh, Gene Autry kept buying little radio Wow. Was I lied my way into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you do what you have to do. That's right. As long as it didn't hurt anybody. That's right. And at least it got me with a pencil in my hair and a nice girl's back to write on. <laughs> but it, it, it just should still be public radio. Sure. Sure. Because uh, Fred Crane had a radio show. He, he was quite a musicologist. He could tell you the name of any melody uh, for 20 odd years after he did Gone with the Wind. Wow. Before people became really fruity over Gone with the Wind. <laughs> So oh, it, it had a tremendous effect on my life. Because wow. if I hadn't stumbled in and lied about my experience, <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten on radio. Sure. And I never would have gotten near a studio. I didn't know beans about anything. But it just happened gradually, and it seemed like the normal way to go. Yeah. And I've loved every second of it. Well, Ann, I want to thank you for your time today. You've been a wonderful guest. Well, I hope I didn't talk too much. No, and that's the, that's the lovely thing about my show. I can go as long as I want. Well, you whittle it down now. <laughs> you get it down to a normal weight. I will be, I'll be happy to run. And bless you for calling. Thank you, Ann. Thank you, and everybody out there, listen to the radio a lot. They're easier to turn on and off than these new sets. You have to have a hand zapper. That's right. And if the battery is low, it never goes off. <laughs> you throw things at it. <laughs> or you wish you could. Anyway, honey, I thank you. Thank you, Ann. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi everybody, I'm Long Shoes, and on the other line, a gentleman who's written several books uh, regarding characters and personalities that had a part in old-time radio. And hello, Michael Haig. Hello, Walden. How are you? Good. You got a new book out. What's the actual title of the book? The actual title is Flights of Fantasy, the unauthorized but true story of radio and TV's adventures of Superman. And I'm assuming our good buddy Ben Armel is the publisher. Yes, he. Bob Maxwell had originally assembled them. Uh, Kellogg's had ordered specific changes, and so new negatives were produced based on these changes that Kellogg's had wanted, and those were starting to wear out, and they had no backups for them. Uh, it was impossible to do a backup without seriously degrading the uh, picture quality. So, Kellogg's talked about the
the idea of bringing back the cast and everybody, uh, starting in the fall of 1959, to do another series of 26 that would eventually be added to the package as the older first season episodes were pulled out. And uh, unfortunately, what derailed that plan was uh, the sudden tragic death of George Reeves, the star. And so with the, with the property shelf for a while before, before, until the 60s, what happened to the timeline of that? Well, after George Reeves died and it became evident that there wasn't going to be another Superman program, uh, or another series of, of episodes, um, Kellogg's eventually decided not to, 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 to discontinue their sponsorship, and that was in the fall of, uh, or rather in the spring of 1960. And at that point, uh, starting I guess in the fall of 1960, the show went to uh, Monday through Friday uh, open syndication, and uh, by February of 1961, it was on in 35 markets in that uh, capacity and again, eventually grew. The, the thing that has kept Superman alive, uh, and, and the reason why it didn't die off like some of the shows like Sky King and uh, Raymar of the Jungle and so forth, right. uh, first of all, it's the, the great appeal of the character itself. Yeah. But the other thing was, was because the producer of Superman, a gentleman named Whitney Ellsworth, who was producing the show from the second season on, uh, had decided to do those final 52 in color. And that, in and of itself, was uh, a brilliant idea. There, there, was, there was talk, of course, about color television in the early 1950s. Um, in 1953, the FCC finally uh, agreed to uh, a, a method of, of uh, transmitting or broadcasting color television shows in a way that they could still be received in, on black and white sets. That was known as compatible color. And uh, that had been spearheaded by NBC. So by the fall of 53, color had been approved by the FCC. And in 1954, when Superman resumed production for the third time, um, the decision was made to make these shows in color. Because even if we can't use them in color now, eventually there will be color television, and they will become valuable again. Well, when the show finally was released in color in 1965, the ratings exploded all over again. Mm. 1965 was the banner year for color TV. Uh, the movies that had been made in color from the late 50s and early 60s were starting to appear on television. There were like three or four nights. Each network had like two nights of movies a week of, you know, Saturday night at the movies, mm -hmm. ABC's Monday night at the movies, and NBC's Thursday night at the movies, and so forth. All of these were generally in color, and, uh, and, and that helped keep the show alive tremendously. Even though half the episodes were in black and white, the half that were in color um, were, were new to, to the audience in, in that sense. And it helped bring an audience, uh, keep, it helped keep the audience growing for the, for the TV series. And, th and that, more than anything, I think is what has kept it alive. Well, uh, when I was growing up a kid in the early 70s, I mean, it was part of our daytime TV, so the syndication of the property. Absolutely. You know. Same, same with me. What about, what's sneaking a Superman or continue with Michael Hayes after this episode of Superman? Kellogg's Pet, the super delicious cereal, presents the adventures of Superman, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap four buildings at a single bound. 
publications. She said, you're going to find your best information here. And uh, most of those were at the Library of American Broadcasting at the University of Maryland. Oh, yeah. And uh, I went there on weekends as well as to the Library of Congress, and I went through those bound volumes of Radio Daily and broadcasting and everything, just page by page for the entire length of the radio show, trying to glean information. I got a lot of great stuff out of there. Mm. So that's, uh, I mean, one of the mysteries was why did Kellogg's cancel the show in 19, at the end of 1947 when it was still... Uh, the high, either the highest or the second highest rated children's program on, on Monday through Friday afternoons. And I got that answer. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah. that, that, that's something that, uh, that you need to see the, the, the book to, uh, to get. But it, it's uh, very satisfying to find that. Yeah, so by 1938, uh, radio, you know, kids children radio went to a totally different ball game. Mm-hmm. You know, that was definitely a big thing. Yes. Um, well, once again, Michael, the title of the book, and, uh... The, the, the title is Flights of Fantasy, the Unauthorized but True Story of Radio and TV's Adventures of Superman. And Bear Manor Media was, was lovely about letting me have my head and, uh, and making it as long as I wanted. I, I had heard, uh, at least one fellow author told me that I should do two books, one for the radio show and one for the TV show, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to tell the complete story. One naturally led into the other, just as with Dragnet, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be able to tell a complete story uh, between the covers of one book, and, and Bear Manor was, and Ben Omar were, were very good about letting me do that. And how many pages is the book? It's 536 pages. Not bad. No, not bad at all. Not bad at all. <laughs> well, Michael, I really, really thank you for your time today. And I want to thank you for having me, Walt, and it's uh, a pleasure to talk to you. Team here, Michael. Hi everybody, I'm Wong Hughes, and we're up here at the Hudson Studio, along with my co-host, the one and only Mr. Frank Brzee. Thank you, Walden. It's good to be here. You know, our guest on this program is a renowned personality, a star of the highest order, and uh, she's really an inspiration for everyone to follow. Catherine Grayson, welcome to the Friday Night Show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, it's good to have you here. We want to talk about your career and play... to make the gold medal award winner as producer of Showboat and first vice president of the Screen Producers Guild, Mr. Arthur Fried. Thank you, Bill. Today we introduce the gold medal award winner as director of Showboat and president of the Screen Directors Guild, Bill Sidney. Thank you, Arthur Fried. Sure, Bill. the show tremendously and I'd like to add our congratulations to the cast. Superb. And as I predicted last year, you'll be able to develop some very new stars out of that journey. Yes, Bill, and believe me, it's a real thrill to direct young players like Magic and Eric Champion and Showboat and have them jump to starting in your very next picture. Everything I have is yours. So, what is your play for next week? As one of the engineers outstanding successes of past seasons, Robert Kipling's famous story of King. I stand in the original room with the Alfred and Ben Stockwell. Now, with a fine motion picture, you should make a great radio show. But I feel, in my present life,
have been Walden Hughes and Frank Brzee, who invite you to join them next time for the Friday Night Show. The preceding has been a presentation of the Yesterday USA Radio Network. Okay, well, we're going to go back to the automation system, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the, the interviews that we had tonight. Ann Rutherford and Michael Hayes on the Superman book. And the late Catherine Grayson. And so it's about well, quarter to two in the morning. And so we're going to get back up and get us a door day. The party's over. And I hope, hope you can uh, join us. For more fun with Patricia and everybody here in Yesterday USA. So we're going to fire this up. And where are you, Doris? Do, do, do. The party's over. It's the closing theme song. And I'm just going to get it kicked up. There we go. Show me the good old Jesus Christ bless you. And this is Yesterday USA. Love you all. He's it's time to call it a day They've burst your pretty balloon And taken the moon away It's time to wind up The masquerade Just make your mind up The piper must be
Saturday night, everybody. It is 7:29 here on the West Coast, February the 27th, year 2010. I'm Walton Hughes, and we got Dwayne Kilstrip monthly presentation featuring Eddie Hubbard, Amos and Andy. Then the monthly show of the Radio Historical Association of Colorado. Then after that, Patricia will join me live and we'll play games, have trivia questions, and take your calls. But first, let's say a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this radio station. Bless all the listeners and the supporters. Help us to do your will. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Here we go. On the 310 to you. Hi, friends. Once again, this is Frankie Lane. I want you to know that you're listening to Dr. Dwayne Kielstrup, good friend of mine, on Yesterday USA.
from deep in the heart of Texas, welcome to Song and Smile Time on Classics and Curios. Song and Smile Time will showcase a variety of special vintage entertainment, such as collector comedy from old-time radio, great bands from the 20s through the 40s. You know that little cigar's dump that I had in my mouth that I was chewing on? Yeah. I swallowed it. <laughs> Boy, I feel awful. Yeah, I imagine you would. I'll say. It was a 15-center. Amos and Andy will be back in just a moment. Did you say a whitewash? No, I said a Rinso whitewash. Did you say a brightwash? No, I said a Rinso brightwash. That makes a difference. Yes, indeed. Rinso makes a difference in your wash. Those soapy, rich Rinso suds get clothes Rinso white and Rinso bright. Rinso's grand for dishwashing, too. Makes the job so much easier and so much quicker. And it's so easy on your hands. So get Rinso tomorrow for dishwashing and for a Rinso whitewash. A Rinso bright wash. And now, here are Amos and Andy. Well, Andy, you were sure lucky to get that gal to drop her suit against Juliet Hart. Yeah, that's been a great lesson to me, Amos. Yeah, how about coming over to our house tonight for supper, Andy? Uh, sorry, Amos, I can't tonight. I got an appointment to chop up a little ice. <laughs> to be with us again next Friday evening at this same time when the makers of Rinso again present the Amos and Andy Show. This program is broadcast to our armed forces all over the world. This is Harlow Wilcox saying good night to all of you from all of us. You ladies are stretching your red ration points just as far as they'll go, aren't you? I guess two extra red points would come in mighty handy, right? Well, you can get two extra points just by turning in one pound of used fats. Yes, you get four cents and two red points for every pound of waste fats you turn in to your butcher. You know, right now, you ladies are doing a pretty good job of turning in those waste fats. But if every woman scraped together every drop she could, we'd be collecting about three times what we're collecting now. That would mean three times as much waste fat for life-saving medicines, for military supplies, for other vital uses. Keep a salvage container on the back of your stove, ladies. Scrape every drop of waste fat, no matter how black or burned, into that container. And when it's full, bring it down to your butcher. Save waste fats and turn them in regularly. Why is Life Boy America's favorite bath soap? I'll tell you two big reasons. Life Boy in your daily bath gives all over protection from B.O. Yes, from head to toe, it stops B.O. And Life Boy gives protection that lasts and lasts. So play safe. Make sure Life Boy's in your soap dish. Remember, it's the only soap especially made to stop B.O. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Amos and Andy, now we're going to move over to the monthly show from our good friends up in Colorado. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for OTR from the Rockies. 
From the foot of the Rockies in Denver, Colorado, here's a program capturing the drama and fun of the golden days of broadcasting. Old time radio from the Rockies. This is Fred Hobbs. I'm speaking to you from the radio studios of RHAC, the Radio Historical Association of Colorado. And we're here to bring you interviews, historical information, book reviews, events, and fun for all on old-time radio, especially related to the Rocky Mountain region because that's where we're located. This time, in a switch from our usual format, an entire program devoted to one aspect of old-time radio, that would be news coverage, and specifically, news coverage related to World War II and the run-up to that historic time. And here's my OTR from the Rockies colleague, Bill McCracken, to set the scene. Bill, um, all the radio networks back in that day had some kind of news coverage, but one stood out. Which one was it, and why do you suppose it was the uh, outstanding one? Well, I think what we're talking about here is CBS, what you're referencing, and I'm sure it has something to do with Bill Paley wanting to uh, differentiate himself from Mutual and NBC. He was the guy who founded CBS and uh, was the kingpin of all of their growth over the years. And I think in the... From the foot of the Rockies in Denver, Colorado, here's a program capturing the drama and fun of the golden days of broadcasting. Old-time radio from the Rockies. Hello, this is Fred Hobbs. I'm speaking to you from the radio studios of RHAC, the Radio Historical Association of Colorado. And we're here to bring you interviews, historical information, book reviews, events, and fun for all on old-time radio, especially related to the Rocky Mountain region because that's where we're located. This time, in a switch from our usual format, an entire... Okay, so I, I was wondering that might be the case. So I finish off, and going to have to reboot the uh, machine, get it out of replay mode. But we're going to do that. We're going to be calling here Patricia in a few minutes. I'm going to load up the CD player here, and uh, we're going to be having our trivia and having a fun time with Patricia from Florida, and I bet she got trivia questions for everybody, and that's always good, and we're going to talk about our special guest that be coming to join us, so let me uh, throw a door station in here, and let me get ready, and I'll call Patricia here very soon.
is funny or it's sad or it's quiet or it's mad it's a good thing or it's bad but beautiful It's a problem or it's play. It's a heartache either way, but beautiful and I'm thinking. If you were mine, I'd never let you go. And that would be but like this and I'll be standing here with someone new there will be other songs to sing another fall another spring
good evening, everybody. It is Thursday night here on the West Coast with this March the 4th, year 2010. I'm Wong Shoes. I am pink sitting for Bill Bragg and Mike Handy. And I will be handling the interview with Alan and Marilyn Bergman here in a few minutes. I'm in the chat room, so if you got a username and password, go ahead and put it in. And come in and join us. After the Bergman interview, we'll feature the interview that Bill and I did with the late Buddy Epson. Uh, have some breaking news, seriously. Frank Brzee is scheduled to be coming home tomorrow, everybody. And the next news. Bill Bragg today have found out that he's lost his job over HP. And uh, tomorrow will be his last day um, with the company. And thus Bill will be looking for work. So please keep that in your prayers. Um, you know, the biggest worry, of course, is always having enough for health insurance and all those issues. Uh, what did this do for Yesterday USA? Well, Bill and I talked it over and we're going to uh, let the listeners in what the game plan is. Um, for those of you who are curious how the station works, Bill and the listeners put in the money to keep the station going. And a lot of it comes out Bill's salary. Um, so that generally covered the uh, major expenses of the month-to-month -month operations of the station. Well, if Bill cannot find a job, um, and if we don't come up with some other ways to keep the station going, you know, maybe some advertisement, maybe, who knows? Who knows what we'll do? What we have in savings is enough to keep the station going for the next 18 months. So if we can figure out, if Bill can't find another job in the next 18 months, we just got to come up with some other ways to help replace Bill's uh, contribution to the station to keep it going past the 18-month cycle. So if you got some ideas, let us know. If you know the way we can raise some money or donation, let us know. Uh, this would be a good time to let Bill and Kim know how much we love them and support the station at this time. So just give that some thought. Maybe you can come up with some ideas on that. So we got about an 18-month window if Bill doesn't find um, work or if we don't come up with another way to subsidize that lost income to keep the station going. So Bill wanted me to share that with you and maybe you can help us think of uh, some ways. Okay, let's say a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful station who've been on the air for the last tw tw almost 27 years. Uh, we ask that those uh, of us who think about Bill and Kim at this time, as Bill goes into a new phase, looking for work to, uh, and looking for health insurance and everything regarding to that. Uh, we ask that you make Frank Brzee's trip home tomorrow nice and simple and easy and make it nice and comfortable for him at home. 
We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, this weekend, uh, Jimmy Weldon will be my live guest tomorrow night, Friday. Then we'll feature Frank's interview with Chuck McCann. Saturday, Patricia and I have a wonderful live guest, the legendary ventriloquist Jimmy Nelson. Patricia will also have trivia, and we'll play Fred McGee and Molly. Have a great time. Sunday, we'll feature uh, Martin Graham's interview, talking about Cavalcade of America. We'll feature Ray Bream's interview with Jim Backus, and another one with Artie Shaw. So those are some of the highlights of the station. And uh, we're getting pretty close here for having uh, Alan and Marilyn Bergman on with us. They are songwriters who've been nominated for over 16 Oscars. The Bohler says they are having a live function at the Patasia Theater on Monday, March the 15th. And them and Marie McGovern are producing a show and performing to also raise money for the Actors Fund. And she live in the LA area over at the Pantasia Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. You can buy tickets at area code 323-933-9266. That's area code 323-933-9266. Or go to the website www.theactorsfund.org. On Hollywood Boulevard, everybody in Hollywood, California. Okay, let's stick in a little music, and here is something by Doris Day. When Old Man Gloom invades the room and tries to sell you sorrow, he'll run right. If you just shout, today will be yesterday, tomorrow. Some rain may fall, but after all, the sun is sure to follow. So dry those eyes, get hip, get wise. Today will be yesterday, tomorrow. It's hard to lose those Monday blues, but I will show you how. Tuesday will find you, your troubles behind you, so just pretend it's Tuesday now. You'll agree, philosophy like this ain't bad to borrow. Today may seem a big bad dream, but today will be yesterday, tomorrow. Today will be yesterday, tomorrow. Just dry those eyes, get hip, get wise. Today will be yesterday, tomorrow. It's hard to lose those Monday blues, but I will show you how. Tuesday will find you, your troubles behind you. 
so just pretend it's Tuesday now. You'll agree, philosophy like this ain't bad to borrow. Today may seem a big bad dream, but today will be yesterday. That's what you gotta say. Today will be yesterday. Just make your mind up. The piper must be paid. The party's over. The candles flicker and dim. You danced and dreamed through the night. It seemed to be right. Just be. 